Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. It lives. What the fuck? <laughs> Sit your ass down, Lars. Get no fucking privacy out of here. What's there to say? Ride a beer, pal. Bob used to be a woman. Yes, we sell out. Proper roach smoking technique. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. It's a James Hatfield. There's all kinds of shit. Shower filled with women. Can a song go higher than number one? Told you to not fuck around! Cliff, fuck you! My three-year-old son could do that, I don't even have a son! Hey man, you better wash that mic off. About the heaviest number known to mankind is... There's 50 fucking percent chicks out in the house. Is that joking? No. Is he joking? No, it's serious. Here we go! Hey, this is Kyle from The Sword, and you're listening to Ant Podcast for All. Back to him, podcast for all. I'm Jeff Winslow, and I'm your other co-host who has no voice for this episode. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Oh man, what's going on? You sound uh, like you can barely talk. I am. Do they call it horse? Yeah, it sounds pretty horse. Maybe because I heard the full. Sorry, maybe because I heard the four horsemen last night. That my voice is hoarse from chanting the four horsemen. Didn't we play the four horsemen recently? Dude, it's been a whirlwind of a weekend. Do you want to do you want to hear my travel itinerary? If you can muster up enough energy to to speak at all, I would love a recap. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear what happened too. Friday morning, I'm going to try to make this a, a a decent recap. So maybe if my voice goes, it'll be like James on you know so what, and I blow it out, and we have to take a couple months off, and we're going on vacation. If you want to hear Shane sing it with vocals, then go sing it. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hear it with vocals? Go sing. Go sing it. Uh, Friday, 6 a.m., hopped on Delta from Fort Myers to Atlanta and landed in Louisville at uh, 1 p.m. Barely went to the hotel and right to the Louder Than Life Festival grounds for day one, which was a perfect 75-degree day. And hung out for the most part, dude, in the blackened tent with about a third of uh, in podcast for all alumni. Oh, so it was an APFA party to say the least. APFA and the Met family took over the blackened tent where they had the sweet amber distill uh, distillery truck. Oh, right, right. And uh, some pretty cool old school Metallica road cases that we basically camped out on until it was time to. Around six or seven, kind of go get your spot by the main stage and watch a couple bands before Metallica came on that night at 9.20. Man, I did see that there were some pictures posted of some new 
<clears throat> some new upcoming signature guitars that they had on display. What was it? A white vulture and yes. cam- camo snake bite? Camo snake bite. Um, white vulture. They had the LTDs out. They weren't the ESPs, so I'm sure they're going to be made in, in uh, both versions. You probably know more about that than I do. I actually honestly had no idea that they were doing it until I saw people starting to post pictures. I wish I could have made it out to that festival, but as you know, I was pretty much gone all week in Vegas, so there was no time to make it to Louisville, but I really wish I could have been there. We've been we've been both racking up some frequent flyer miles this week, my man. To say the least. <laughs> so we'll get back to night one. So saw the show, and then Saturday morning at... Uh, 1 a.m. we went to bed and woke up at 5 a.m., so a pretty fucking short night in the Crown Plaza in Louisville, right behind the stage. At least it was within walking distance. Back to the airport to fly to Minneapolis, because you and I had to load in at 11 a.m. on Saturday in um, a suburb about a half an hour north of the Twin Cities, and we played with Hairball. What a day, dude. That was a great day. Yeah, we had, uh, was it Chris Cruzy, the Crown Jewels, Hairball. It was a great lineup. You know, it's always fun sharing the stage with the guys in Hairball. They're they're buddies of ours, and I feel like we always mesh really well with them. So it was it was a good time. It's a great lineup. It was for the Invisible Wounds, uh, Invisible Warrior Wounds project, a big fundraiser that takes care of uh, vets, first responders. Uh, how would you explain that better than what I just said? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a charity and it's all for veterans and, and people that have served and like suicide awareness, PTSD kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really a great foundation. It's a great cause. And we were more than proud to be a part of it. Absolutely, man. And I don't say this much. I don't toot our horn much, but you and I and the, and the other two, murdered that show i think we played ex- we that might have been the best show we've played this year and i'm not saying that to to toot horns or make material for the podcast but even halfway through the set i looked at you and i'm like dude we are crushing this set tonight we were firing on all cylinders yes. I, it was after we played horsemen i remember we looked at each other we were like holy fuck like right. i don't know how or where all of that came from but we we got up there and it was like clockwork. We were a well oiled machine and we fucking I feel like for the first time in a very long time we actually like like we were on that level with the boys in Hairball because anybody who's ever seen them knows they put on a phenomenal show and that's a that's a big you know big shoes to have being direct support for a band like that and I felt like we really did them justice and we did ourselves justice so I was I was proud of our performance. Absolutely. Uh, killed it on all cylinders. Uh, great crowd. I'm estimating 1,000 to 1,500 people came out for that. And let it be oh, known, easily. everyone, that Jeff wrote the set list. And the reason the night went so well, we opened with Bread Fan. Now that, folks. Now, Shane said, <laughs> I'm not trying to toot our own horn to create material no. or anything like that. I did write the set list, and I did put Bread Fan as number one. And I did that to Solid. create material for the podcast (laughs) so everybody listening guess what i actually don't hate it as much as i thought i did wow you're turning the corner on this like i'm turning the corner on the blacklist record dude turn the page (laughs) basically yeah at some point you gotta say enough's enough going into it knowing that hairball plays all the 80s hits and changes bands every two or three songs i was kind of skeptical of playing horse 
through the never uh, stuff like that. But that crowd ate it up. And from the first three songs, bread fan bells fuel by the end of fuel, I felt like we had them and they were all on board. It was awesome. They were definitely on board. We even got them doing the memory chant at the end. And, you know, anytime you can get, you know, more than just four measures of them singing it. I think we got, I think we were 12 measures. I think we were able to carry that on for. Right. And they were, they just wouldn't stop singing. It was, it was really cool just to see everybody get into that. We haven't played Die, Die, My Darling in four or five years, and they ate that up too. As soon When you eat up Darling and you're at an 80s hairband rock fest, you got some true Metallica fans there. You definitely have some true fans. And it's funny you say that because I was noticing on our set that's for our upcoming shows here, uh, I was really hoping that uh, night one in Indiana you were going to put Darling in there again. <laughs> I was almost texted you and said, can we take Stone Cold out and put Darling back in? Because it was so much fun to play. It was. I forgot it's how. Wild. Exactly. And I forgot how fun that song really is to play, and especially on the chorus where all three of us are singing at the same time. It's just, it's a really good vibe. Speaking of upcoming shows, um, th- as you're listening to this, this Thursday night, good God, you've only had one day notice. This Thursday night, the DeKalb County Fair in Indiana, which is right around the Fort Wayne area. It's actually in Auburn, Indiana on Thursday night. And then Friday night, we head over to a club called JD Diamonds in, it's just north of Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, isn't it like, I thought it was like Dayton, Ohio or something like that. It's halfway, but remember when we had Chuck Hoskins on and Seth Magnetic? They're coming, dude. Oh, are they? They're both coming. Well, guys, I do apologize that you will not actually be able to meet me in person. So as Kirk we're reco- has left the state of Ohio. Yeah, as as we're recording this a week before, well, not a full week, but a week before we actually play these shows, uh, I will not be able to attend Friday night's show. I Tell have to everyone go. who's replacing you, speaking of in podcast for all alumni. We have a very, very special guest who is on our show, Mr. Nico Valdez. He's also in a band called Powerhouse. Check them out. Yes. Uh, he's filled in for us a few times. Great guy, great player, has the Kirk you know, look, sound, and all of that down to a T. And there's no one else that I would rather have fill in for me. I mean, the dude is... Dude. He's, he's, he's got some serious chops, <clears throat> and one of these days he might end up replacing me because they'll realize, oh, wow, this guy can play. Well, <laughs> because he has a real perm. <laughs> I think that's natural, though. He's just naturally. Natural perm, natural curls. He's got the natural Kirk you know, perm waves going on. Anyways, he will be filling in for me in Ohio. Not Indiana. Not Indiana. I will be there for that. I fly out Friday morning. I have okay. my cousin's wedding to attend. And yeah, everybody welcome Nico with open arms. Nico was the episode called It's Electric in Albuquerque many, many moons ago. He looks a mirror image of Kirk from about 84 or 85 with those curls. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he, he's, I think he's a little bit more built. He's a little bit more Jack than Kirk was back at that time. But yes, Nico's that, That's all right. Yeah, yeah. I think he likes to work out a little bit. And Kirk was more of about just drinking his Coors. <laughs> His Akavit. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thursday night, this Thursday, DeKalb County Fair, Auburn, Indiana, and the next night at JD Diamonds, Friday night, October 1st, halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton. I'm sure if you live by Cincy or Dayton, you know where this Diamonds place is because everyone I talk to about this are like, dude, you're going to love that fucking club. You're going to fill it up. You're going to crush it. I'm a little jealous that I can't be there for that one, but I got to do what I got to do. It's family, you know? 
Funeral? No, wedding. College? Yeah, <laughs> carnival. <laughs> Got the daughter in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. And the son? <laughs> College carnival. He's a turkey a pix- dust spreader. <laughs> yeah, it was a pixie dust spreader on the tilt world Pixie dust, that's what it was. <laughs> Next year he might be guessing people's waiter barking for the yak woman. <laughs> Horns out to here. Hell of a good cook. Nice gal. <laughs> Oh my God, where were we? We're still talking about hairball and shows next week. We are, yeah. So we kind of sidetracked from the recap. So Friday night was night one, Metallica Louder Than Life. Night two was obviously here in Minneapolis. We played the show with hairball. Now we're moving on to night three. Now I'll get back to my itinerary. Yes, back to... Uh, You and I watched hairball. We loaded out. I got to the hotel at uh, 2 a.m. with... Uh, another five. I got five hours of sleep Saturday night. Oh, that's back, actually not bad. Back to the airport, direct flight to Louisville, and drop shit off at the hotel. And we walk through the gates back at Louder Than Life uh, Sunday at about three p.m. Was that your Louder Than Life wristband that you had on during the show? Uh you're talking about our show. Yeah, during our show. That was I know. I was gonna say I noticed you never wear anything on stage ever on your wrist, but I hate it. I, I hate it, but I think weren't you still wearing it during the show? There's a I had a Friday general admission. It's that ribbon that's got the little sensor in it, like oh yeah, tickets. Yeah, like how Loudwire was. Yes, the red annoying plastic two cent wristband was my COVID negative proof for the weekend. Oh wow, okay. Well, right. at least you could, at least you could get in. You only had to be checked once with your with your negative COVID test, so the wristband was good for the whole weekend. So I could not take that off as I flew back for our show and then flew back to Louisville Sunday. I noticed it. I was like, "Ooh, sucked." That's got that's got to be driving you crazy, especially being on stage in front of a good crowd like that. Too. It's like the wristband that your that uh, Emma wears as a as a two or three year old. It's like <laughs> you can't even sleep in it because it's cutting your fucking wrist like in bed. You know those like toy bracelets are just awful. Oh yeah, yeah, those plastic ones. Oh, it's like, dude, it was like slit my wrist. Now this is awful. <laughs> anyway, there's my recap, and uh, slept in a little bit this morning in Louisville, and we got home at about four or five this afternoon. So, with a blown that's... voice and a, a body that's tired, I'm I'm ready for a couple of days off before before back at back yeah, to gotta, work again. <laughs> I got to meet you guys in 72 hours in in uh, Fort Wayne. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh. Um, before before we wrap this up, I do got to ask you. We got to we got to compare the set list of the two nights. Oh, sure. Hi- highlights, um sure. maybe complaints, anything like that. Uh what of the two sets, which one was better? Night 1 or night 2 for you? Night 2. Night 2. And then what I've heard and seen some videos, it seems like uh the tempo of night one, it was a little little in the pocket, a little load-reload era. We could talk about this for an hour, dude, about tempos. Some, something, and I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining, it's just it's hard to get used to, and I think it's here to stay. Something has happened with the click and with tempos. Might have something to do with their age or having a little bit of time off, but I think these new tempos are here to stay. Oh, you think that they're going to keep it more in the pocket, maybe a little bit closer to, to album tempo that rather than... Remember when we watched them play Battery on the Super Bowl night and we're like, whoa, this is pulled back. Right. 
that's the feel that's going on when they the first three songs were Whiplash, Ride, and Harvester on night one. Oof, that's a hell of a way to come out of the gate. Awesome openers, but when Whip and Ride aren't at the temple we're used to them for the last 39.8 years. Yeah, that's not even there. It's just going into the drum toms, but whiplash needs to be a thrasher that pulled back is it's a little weird and later on in this episode you can hear from our friend jason garkowski that was at the metro at one of those secret club shows and i mean when you watch that footage right away i was like dude it speed it up boys but nope i i think that's here to stay so we've got some laid back tempos. How was hearing the Black Album in its entirety again? I know we had briefly talked at awesome. at the Hairball show the night before, saying let you know it'd be really cool <clears throat> if Ecstasy would play and then they would just jump right in to enter Sandman. But obviously they did it how they did it before, where they started with struggle and worked their way back was, up the list. Let me touch on night one. Very both by the way, uh, both nights not two repeating songs, completely different. And that's amazing because they didn't play Sandman night one, right? Dude, it, I texted you at about midnight. I said, oh, Jeff, I think I just heard part of your dream no more set list. 50,000 <laughs> no. people. What 50,000 uh, person venue do you not hear Sandman at? It was fucking weird. That's cool, though. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and night one, no Black Album songs whatsoever. Well, I mean, it makes sense with what they did night two. Yeah, so we got Cyanide, and now that we're dead on night one. Did they come out and do their little drum thing again? <laughs> no, regular album version of the dead. All right, good. Uh, was surprised with No Leaf Clover and uh, Whiskey in the Jar. Yeah, Clover in a festival setting, that's... Awesome. That's an interesting one to throw in there. It's not one that I would expect. Awesome. Yep. And closed with uh, Battery Fuel Seek. That's pretty strong closer. Yeah, I would say so. So you're asking about about night two? Yeah. Night, it's weird, 50,000 people again, not hearing puppets, bells, or one. Wow. Think, think yeah. of a show without those three in it. It's like, whoa, this is really fucking different. That is, yeah, that's a that's a total trip right there. I mean, there. puppets, it's like, where was that? And then, you know, as we're walking out, people are like, no one, no bells, and... You know, you think about it, it's like, that's I mean, fucking I'm, wild, but I like it. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm fine with not hearing those songs live just because, I, like it. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I do too. And we've also noticed that instead of 18 songs, it's down to 16 now. Ooh, see, they're getting tired. I, I think the age is, is a factor where they say, well, if we can dump two songs and pull the tempo back, maybe we can do this in another five or 10 years. Right, and they can actually keep it going. I know and, and I'm and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it too. But you can definitely tell just from the hardwired tour to now, something is different with James's voice. It does not sound the same. I've seen quite a few videos from well, the yeah, two listen shows. Listen to my and, voice after two nights. But I'm just saying, like we know that <laughs> two nights of no sleep. He's able to, you know, obviously do these shows night after night, but like. It definitely it's his. I hate to say it, and, and you know what? Maybe we'll get some hate mail for this. His voice sounds tired. You think so? I really do. I didn't think it sounded. I didn't think it sounded strong. I think from what I heard from the band, they sounded strong. But I feel like either he's doing something new where he's trying to not belt it as much, so he can 
okay. preserve his voice longer, but it just, it sounds a little tired to me. And I'm sorry to anyone who feels offended by that. I definitely take nothing away. You think it has something to do with not playing for two years and not singing I, on a regular basis? I mean, that is definitely a big, big possibility. And that's of course what I'm hoping. I'd love to see him get back to what he's been doing, but I mean, they have been in the studio. So, I mean, I, I have a feeling that that's it's not point. like, it's not like he hasn't been singing, but again, maybe he's just trying a new technique, something different so that he can preserve his voice another five or 10 years. Like you were saying, that's a, that's a great point. I, I didn't think about that. He sounds like I do right now after no sleep and chanting, <laughs> die, die, die for, you know, fucking 72 hours straight. <laughs> Before I'm get, sure you, I was going to say, I'm sure standing up on your drum throne in your kit and screaming at 2000 people in Minnesota didn't help either. I loved it, dude. <laughs> I, I was just in the moment crushing it and I loved it from start to finish. I did too. I did. Before we get into last night's uh, Black Album in its entirety, I, I was really bummed you weren't next to me last night because they closed with Blackened into Creep. I know that's and like I a was dream like, for me. Jeff has talked so much about closing with creep, and of course the the encore kind of uh, slot with the tape intro was blackened. My favorite song of all time. We all know, right? I was like, can can blacken and creep after the black album finishes up close out a, a a weekend any better? I'm like, that is fucking. I was. I think that's where I lost my voice because I was screaming every part of blackened. Oh, I bet. I bet I would be too. And I was a little surprised when you sent the set list that we didn't get Creeping Death at the very end in Indiana. I was like, oh, maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll throw (laughs) it in there. Let's close with Creep. (laughs) There's always time to make a revision. Yeah, Die, Die, and Creep at the end. There we go. It's the only only revisions. (laughs) Die, Die, Creep, Never, Horse. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, playing Never and Horse was great fun. It felt like it had been forever with those too. Uh, what questions do you have about the infamous Black Album Metallica representatives? Well, I am curious to know how it sounded in its entirety. I know you've seen it before, but how does this one compare to the first time you saw it in its entirety? Did it sound flawless? Were there some some fuck-ups? I mean, we know they haven't played a lot of shows, so are they... Are they, you know, are they firing on our, all, like, let me rephrase that. Are they okay. firing on all cylinders or do you think that it felt like they maybe needed to rehearse a little bit more? They needed to replace some spark plugs, a cylinder, and maybe an oil change. Oh, wow. And you're talking about just playing that album in its entirety or are you talking about between the two shows? Nope. Just the 12 songs last night, night two, black album. Okay. I am, you've kind of dogged a bit about his voice and i don't mm. mean to let the diehards down mm. as a as a diehard last night to witness the entire album was amazing when you get really nitpicky on a scale of one to ten i gave him about a seven and a half Ooh, and that's a that's a pretty low rating for that's a c yeah a c c plus i'm gonna say they a lot of rehearsal did not happen before last night I hope I hope aftershock by aftershock and Rockville Daytona all that other shit coming up. I there's room for vast improvement. Right, they need to put a little WD forty and kind of lube up the gears. Get back. I don't I don't know why you don't rehearse the tricky spots in. Um, the hiccups last night were struggle, misery, surprisingly through the never 
Lars got totally lost somewhere, and then he tried to. You'll just YouTube it, and you'll see what I mean. Yeah. And there's a there's parts in Don't Tread on Me that were what you and I call uh, off the rails for more than four or five seconds. And you, you can know, tell and they're looking at each other like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, how are we going to come back in? And they recover like, you know, professionals, but there's moments where <laughs> 50, you 50,000 people, what do we do? All right, all right. There was a it. couple of those moments, and I know for the casual fan, they'll say it was the best thing they've ever seen. For a diehard and nitpicky type A musician like us, it was very obvious that not a lot of rehearsal went into last night. Right. Well, and you know, say. I feel like Through the Never, for a very simple song, has some... Weird There's gotchas parts. there. There's some weird turns that if you don't nail them, you're in trouble. Same with Struggle, too. Very straightforward song, but there's a couple small little things that it's like, if you miss one thing here, it can kind of throw the whole trajectory of the song off. It was thrown off from the first five seconds when James comes in with that first uh, vocal line and Lars has the hi-hat on the... <laughs> were, were they off with that? <laughs> None of them look comfortable playing Struggle for the entire song and I get why I, they don't I, I get why they never play it. I don't feel like they've ever been comfortable playing that song. As much as that's a gr- that see and it's very rare that you find a song that is an album song and not a live song. The song right. is great on the album but live I feel like I've never really heard a video where I'm like wow this is really impressive. They really nope. blew the my mind and the timing of that, that hi-hat and in the first two verses are were very uncomfortable to to witness <laughs> and that's a bummer because i know i know what that song means to you as far as being on the black album oh, so i'm, I'm sure that's, that's probably a little cringy for you to want because like deep down you want to just fucking go ape shit and freak out yep. but at the same time you're like what are you guys doing maybe you shouldn't have played that song <laughs> by the way leading up to it they played it in reverse order just like they did in 2012 yeah yep all of Adam Dubin's year and a half footage was the intro video while the struggle tape played introduced. That's fucking the cool. That's super cool. And not the brag, but I met Adam after the show at the hotel last See, night. Another reason why I should have been there. <laughs> talked for a good me and Bob O'Rourke out in front of the hotel with Adam Dubin, and Adam was overly gracious with his time and told me another fifty minutes of stories that did not make our episode last week about the mighty year and a half. Well, we'll have to exchange those stories <laughs> off air when we are. Unfortunately, in- some of them have to be off air. Yeah, we'll wait till we're in Indiana, and then we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, something I can share: when Lars is complaining about the lines on the road, and he says it's not like there's fucking nails there, and you know he's going a hundred miles an hour down that one way. Yeah, Adam says he they were leaving the studio on the way to Burbank Airport. Lars had twelve minutes to catch a flight. And he was flying to Seattle to meet his dad for the weekend. Yeah. And we never knew. I thought that Porsche only had two seats in it. Oh, it has the... The fold-down for like a child. Yeah. Zach Harmon was in the back of that car during that filming. (laughs) (laughs) And Adam told Bob and I, he goes, we were telling Lars to slow down, and Lars was just fucking mindset on making that flight out of Burbank. And Adam goes... Well, I guess if I die, it's going to be on film that I was in the in the hands of Lars Ulrich, so that's pretty rock and roll. That's pretty rock and roll. That's like some fucking Vince Neil shit right there. So that was the kind of shit Adam and Bob and I were talking about last night. I'm like, oh my God, where's Jeff for this poor story? This is classic. Man, I wish I could have been there. That would have been so much fun. Oh, good shit, man. Nice. Couldn't ask for a nicer guy. Between the interview a couple weeks ago and last night, we we had a great time, and he said, I'll definitely come back when the time's right and do part two, and uh, we'll talk about more. 
Good, good. Well, Adam, if you are listening or anybody that's listening that knows him, Dude. more more than welcome anytime we'll make it work. We'd it awesome. be honored to have you back on. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, the intro video. Um My Friend of Misery, where they do the um remember when he he split the crowd in two and he has you sing both parts? Yeah. Way cool. Oh, very well done. That's good. Guy that failed, heavy as shit. Um of Wolf and Man. Remember our uh, special... That's, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> What's that? Of Wolf and Man. That's the one I'd want to hear live. It was awesome, dude. And of all people to crowd surf over my head during Wolf and Man, a oh, fellow boy. and podcast for all guest of ours. Who was it? Zarya. Really? So this, you know... the By the way, the crowd surfing last night was out of control, and it was kind of getting old. Yeah, I could imagine. It's a festival. I get it, but... Here's my problem with crowd surfing. Sanitarium and nothing else matters are not crowd surfing songs. But, if, but when there's 50,000 people and right. 128 decibels of Metallica, people are going to be. <laughs> FYI, gentlemen, if you're over 250 pounds wearing don't <laughs> cowboy boots and steel toes, steel toe boots, don't fucking crowd surf over me. It pisses me off like no end. Well, and yeah, you get a fucking boot to the head or some shit. There was a couple of those, and I was, I get it. I mean, I'm not mad at these people, but it's like, dude, you're not 18 anymore. You don't weigh 170 pounds. You don't belong right. crowd surfing. Get Lay the f- off the crowd. Get the fuck down. <laughs> and last night, who wants to go crowd surfing during the intro to Sanitarium? So I missed all that because I was, you know, trying to protect my fucking noggin. Right. <laughs> Man. Well, good thing you've seen that song live before. Yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like, really, guys, I, I know it's a festival, but we don't need constant surfing going on here. Yeah, yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, so Zarya passed over me during Wolf. And then uh, Through the Never, if you watch YouTube, was a train wreck with Lars's fills. <laughs> and then tracks 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 were pretty standard, straightforward. I was going to say, from there, that's, yeah. I mean, that's all mainstays. Holier was was fucking awesome. That's good. Slowed down a bit was it, heavy. What, Unforgiven, did he do the fucking guitar player of the year solo? Kirk uh, ripped Unforgiven. Uh, James had the acoustic out for that. Yep. By the way, Kirk's new uh, Creatures of the Black Lagoon ESP yes. is fucking beautiful. You I sent hope me, they make one of those. You sent me pictures of that, and I was very, very impressed. I love that one. It's probably my favorite one that's come out recently. It's cool. I just hope they make it because I would, I would buy it and and put it on my wall. Yeah, I, I would. Wouldn't, buy I wouldn't it. let you play it. It would just go on the wall and collect dust. That one can go on the wall. Okay, we'll get that the mummy back the out. <laughs> yeah, mummy Ouija. We got a whole slew of guitars that have been retired the last few years the black lagoon i'm 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 digging that it looks sharp well hey man before we wrap this up we're talking about this is the a black 30 Elm. minute intro and we still have to get the jason garkowski that uh graciously joined me the other day to talk about the secret show at the metro by the way i was not a part of this interview so no if you notice throughout you weren't invited yeah, that, I wasn't invited. I was actually out of town. I was still in Vegas. So um, that's kind of why we're doing this intro here. But we didn't get to ask Jason. But since we are talking about the Black Album, we are moving into the Black Album era of our voting for all. It's wow. perfect timing. 
Perfect By the timing. way, I apologize. Last week with all this shit going on in minimal rest in our schedules, I forgot the post Freight Ends versus Dyer's Eve, which is currently open for vote right now, and it's at 60% in Dyer's Eve. What do you think about that? I was really hoping that Freight Ends was going to pull through. I guess we're going to hear Kirk solo after all, bud. Hopefully. If he can play it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, night Kirk, one. Play, play Dyer's and Helpless back to back. Night one, Kirk was a little rusty during the fade solo. Oh, boy. He and he was playing just... Greeny, too, trying to get through it, and it was a little cringeworthy. He should have just let me play it. <laughs> I always said if there was one song that one. I could play, that's the song that I'm going to play with Metallica if I ever get invited. Just a little. I'm not dogging the guys, but there's there's some rust to be kicked off, and I hope after shock there's a little bit more rehearsal for the people of uh, Sacramento. There's only one way to find out. I guess you're just going to have to go to the show and see what happens. Another weekend of no sleep, and I'll check it out and report back. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Black Album and Voting for All, we're trying to pick some rare songs, and that's kind of hard on the Black Album because that's arguably, well, not arguably, that's their most commercially success- successful album, so every song is pretty much a hit. Up but, until this point, we've had um, two weeks from each record, correct? From two, yeah, from, and I think we. And this is going to be two? It's, yeah, we do two from this one, and then okay. we'll do two from Load, and then I think from there on, it's just one okay. from each album. I think we've got 11 weeks to go until the 40th. So, yeah, we had Frayed versus Dyers last week. As we move into the Black Album, we have Don't Tread on Me versus Of Wolf and Man. I'm going to let you take this first, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up. i got to think about this. Well, I mean, you already know that's an easy one for me. That's a wolf and man. Got any Jeff Winslow's out there? (laughs) I can't howl. My voice is so rough right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, easy, easy pick for me. Uh, of Wolf and Man, I mean, that'd probably be the number one song I would pick if I could pick any song off the Black Album to hear and they didn't have to play any other song, maybe Unforgiven. But, um, yeah, Wolf and Man, definitely for me. I have to go with Wolf, too, even though Tread is, you know, more rare tread is more rare wolf's a better song and let's face Wolf it is way better it's a way better song it really yeah. is there you have it folks of wolf and man that's pretty unanimous right there and voting for all polls open thursday morning closing late thursday night with the results on friday you and i will be on stage thursday night and i'll just show the phone to you when the poll closes and we'll know up to the second on stage there's no way that I'm getting dogged on this one. No, I don't think so either. Every week I've been getting dogged on my choice. And I know. Our, our listeners always go for the one that I don't pick, which is fine that you guys hate your favorite co-host. But <laughs> <laughs> this week, and I say it every gosh darn week, do what's right, people. Wow, you're watching your language. It's like those preachers in Ohio are listening right now. The Kellys. Exactly. You know what? I'm making sure that I'm keeping it, you know, I want people to like me. So do the right thing, people. You know what the clear choice is this week. If Don't Tread on Me wins this, I don't think I don't, will. I don't think I'm going to come back for another episode. You're done. you're you're going to move the reins over to some someone else to bore me to death. Oh, no. I, I don't think I could do that to you. Okay. <laughs> I don't think Tread even comes close in this vote. No, I don't. This I could sure, be like I sure hope 80. not. Nope. I'm going to say a 70-30 split. 70-30? I'm going as far as 80-20. Okay. I feel like I haven't won one in the last four weeks. I haven't been winning either. I keep losing. I, the beholder, got fucked. 
Yeah, all, and f- all you short of straw people. Freight ends is about to get <laughs> fucked, even though Dyers is my favorite Kirk solo. I, the times running out on that Dyers, I think, has that beat. Oh, Dyers definitely has that beat. Yep. Come on, people. Do you really want to hear it with a click track? <laughs> well, with the new tempos, it'll be Dear Mother, Dear Father. What spread is my this wings hell you have I put me through? To fly. <laughs> Unspoken. <laughs> You'll actually yeah. be able to know what he's saying. It'll be so like pulled back. Yeah, they'll just do it like the Four Horsemen circa 1997. Oh, I love that tempo on that part, though. That's the that best. That was so fitting. Probably the best thing they've ever done. How did they pull that tempo back so far? And that was like the cocaine era. And how did they do it and make it sound so perfect? Sludgy. Sludgy. I love it. I love the sludge. Hashtag bring back the horse sludge. <laughs> Dude, we talked about night one, louder than life. We talked about. Uh, one, the only tribute to Metallica playing with Hairball. We talked about Night 2, Louder Than Life. Here we are today. You're going to hear from Jason Garkowski from Cleveland. Dyer's Cleave Met Club chapter talking about the secret show at the Metro. I am so jealous you and I weren't there because that would probably be in their top five of all time. You can't top seeing them at a club. No, no. That Cliff Amal was filmed at. I'm like, fuck, and I still couldn't make it. And now this might be one of our longest episodes when we combine this all together. This is a really ridiculous long intro, but we had a lot to talk about. Is there anything we skipped or you want to touch on in the next minute before our battery on the laptop runs out? Nope. I think that we've reached maximum capacity and... (laughs) Our flux capacitor. (laughs) Yeah, our flux capacitor. (laughs) We'll have plenty to talk about next week after our shows and all of that. So... Well, shows for me, show, show for me, for you, because you got, you know, commitments. I've got commitments. (laughs) We know where Jeff's priorities are. He's the family man. He doesn't want to impress Cincinnati with his guitar player of the year skills. It'll be for Nico Cincinnati squish them all. I was just going to say, dude, we're going to be in Cincinnati. You're not going to be able to say any Adam Dubin material for the whole day. I'm going to be on my own striking out. You better get a video of Nico doing it just once. I'm going to. You got to do it. And when we hang up, I got a news story from Adam about Cincinnati. Oh, boy. All right. Well, without further ado, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Season 5, Episode 9. Jason was in Louisville as we recorded this after his Metro experience in Chicago. So everyone enjoy. Jeff, I will see you in Fort Wayne in about 72 hours. I'm ready, man. I'll see you there. I'll check you later, bro. See you. Enjoy, everyone. We'll see you. From Dyer's Cleave, currently in Louisville, Kentucky, Mr. Jason Garkowski. What's up, dude? Oh, nothing much, man. Uh, just uh, trying to recover my voice after <laughs> the, that Chicago show. 
<laughs> Did you sing every entire lyric and scream all the haze, Jace, or what are we talking about? Yes, I sang everything, I chanted everything, and then, you know, you go to the bar afterwards. Oh, of course. And the music is louder than the show, so you're yelling at your <laughs> friends. And I woke up the next morning like, oh, my God, I have no voice. Walk us through on a podcast for all how it started from, uh, from start to finish, man. Where were you when you heard the news? Um, well, so I had heard rumors. Well, I suspected there would be warm-up shows. Dude, they're not going to just jo- go out on stage in front of, like, thousands of people. Right, you know, right. at the festivals and then nothing right. nothing happened or was announced and then uh i had heard rumors from a buddy down in cincinnati that like oh dude they're supposed to be playing bogarts am i right. all right that's cool that's right on the way it makes sense and then all of a sudden he was like oh i guess it's not happening all right whatever well then my girlfriend val she uh she's a montreal she still and, live in Montreal? Yeah, she still lives in Montreal. We okay. haven't seen each other for like eight months. Yeah, I remember when you were on last time due to the lockdown. Yep. So we uh, we kind of made the plan to do Louder Than Life. And she's like, well, I'll come in on that weekend. And then, you know, we'll drive down on Wednesday or something. Okay. I was like, dude, let's go to Chicago. Or She's never been to Chicago. So I'm like, let's go to Chicago for the weekend. We wow. could just, just kind of like give ourselves like a weekend to ourselves, go have fun sure. before just we met up with all you. of our, yeah. Cause like, you know, once we meet up with all of the Met fam, right. You know, our personal time is cut in half, you know, which is cool. But yeah, after eight months, we kind of needed some alone time. Absolutely. So we make this plan like, all right, let's go to Chicago. I did hear a rumor at one point about them playing Chicago. I totally didn't think it was going to happen. Nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday, we woke up, hit the road for Chicago. We're about an hour outside of Chicago, and I got a text from you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, nah, dude. I'm like, cause I told a couple people I was going to Chicago, sure. and I thought I thought you were just fucking with me, dude. And I'm like. <laughs> You realize I had no idea that you and Val were going to Chicago? No. Well, you know what? I forget who I told, and, you know, I didn't know if I told, like, I know I told Mike Mueller. He was one guy. Yep. So I didn't know if he maybe said something or, but then, yeah. like, the Metro, I was like, all right, well, so I was kind of like, all right, maybe this is going to happen. So I had no idea you were in Chicago. I had no idea about Val. It's when I heard the initial news, I was trying to get everyone in that kind of region aware of it, if it was going down. Told Val, and she's like, fuck, that's crazy. How are these people finding out? Because all, all we knew that there might be a show in Chicago. Yep. So and you guys we, are already uh, on the way, right? Yeah, yeah. We were like an hour away from Chicago. Perfect timing. Mind you, the only clothes either one of us brought for the trip were all Metallica clothes. <laughs> so then... Uh, well we prepared. All, yeah, and it, dude, so our hotel was right by Wrigley Field. Because the... the well, it's about a 20-minute walk, but our plan was to go to Wrigley, maybe do a tour of the stadium, uh, maybe see a game Tuesday. And so we walked all the way to Wrigley, and I'm like, well, there's the Metro. That's what Shane said. Are they and, close to each other? I, I don't even know. Yeah, it's uh, Wrigley Field is like almost right across the street from the Metro. Jesus, cool. Yeah, and it's like right in Wrigleyville, so there's tons of bars and restaurants. Okay. We were like, let's go get food. I was hungry. Let's go get food, beers, walk around. 
and we walked to the metro. We we walked into the gift shop, and my you know we, me and Vel both walk in wearing Metallica shirts. And, well, we walked uh, into I, the metro actually. Uh yeah, like the metro merch merchandise store, which is like okay, right next door. <laughs> we 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 walked in there, and the, you know the ladies working there wearing a mask. Three Did o'clock, you tell maybe. She knew what was going on. I, I, we do think she knew. We okay. walked in there, and I'm like, "Hey, so, uh, yeah, we heard uh, Metallica's playing here tomorrow. How do we get tickets?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, "Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who's playing." She looks at the calendar. Yeah, I don't see them on there. Yeah, right. And I know. And then uh, we're like, "Oh, she had to have known." She's like. She's like, well, you know, you guys, you guys are always welcome to come back again, maybe tomorrow or something. So we're like, okay, this is totally happening. Like, yeah, dude, I think everybody. It was interesting. Everybody knew. Nobody, nobody was letting on really that they knew. I think, I don't know. Maybe everybody was afraid that because it was a small venue, they wouldn't get in. Yeah, or, I was kind of getting the hint of that, but knowing that I couldn't go and it was killing me, and I'm like. Anyone in Illinois, Wisconsin, Missouri, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, I'm like, I got to give them some sort of bone here. Yeah. Yeah, like, dude. dude. Especially at the Metro. Unfucking believable. I just, dude, think of the timing that you and Val, a getaway, just the two of you in Chicago, and it's actually in Chicago. So you know, we went out that night, and dude, we drank all night until, I don't even know, like two in the morning or something. Well, yeah. let's go to Monday morning. You guys set an alarm and go down to the metro pretty early, not knowing what the situation was. We're like two minutes away, like about a block away. I'm like, fucking hey, dude, there's people there already. She's like, no, I see people walking. Maybe they're just going to a bus or something. Mm-hmm. Nope. We get there. We were about, oh, number 20, 25 in line, something Jesus. like that. Yeah. And this is That's like, going to be a long day. 7.30 in the morning. Yep. Uh, the, Sh- the Chicago chapter people, they were all there from, like, what they say, like 9 or 10 o'clock the night before or something. So they, they were there stay- all night long. Yeah, they camped out overnight. Oh, my they- God. Chairs and everything. They had the radio. We were all trying to listen for the radio announcement because um, the rumor was that the announcement was coming at 745 in the morning. Wasn't one of the is- semis there by then? Yeah. Semi was there. Um, the upstaging truck? Yep. The red truck with the white yep. trailers. And that's them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, like we all waited for the announcement and nothing came. We were like, I mean, at this point, everybody knew it was happening. It was just waiting. We all wanted that official announcement. I have like four videos on my phone of like the radio station talking. We're like, we're all waiting for it. <laughs> and like, epic fail. Like, come on, dude. Breaking um, news in Chicago and it never happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they did not want the band showing up for soundcheck, seeing this huge line of people before it was even announced. Mm-hmm. So they moved us to the other side of the entrance. And, and you still don't have a ticket or a wristband or anything? Nope, it's not even announced yet. Oh, shit. Okay. And little by little, you just start seeing people just getting dropped off by Ubers or Lyfts and their friends dropping them off and running to the line. And lines growing and growing. And then the staff comes out and I'm like, hey... So we all know who's playing here. What time are tickets going on sale? Oh, well, we think maybe noon, but we don't really know who's playing yet. Come on. <laughs> By this time, are you seeing like the truck being unloaded? 
Um, no, from my perspective, I couldn't see that because I was okay. right wrapped around the people that were probably the first ten people in line could see all that. Okay, so they're still playing um, dumb. Totally playing dumb with us, and then finally they started like, all right, you guys know. Um, they're like, okay, at noon tickets are gonna go on sale, and this line is gonna move fast. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, after waiting and. Dude, the energy was awesome. Everybody, the vibe was so cool. Everybody was having a good time and pumped up. So you finally get your tickets at noon, and then you're able to get in another line, or you're able to go do something else? No, dude, they fucking, they said, uh, what did they say? Um, oh, the band, they're not ready inside. So now they're not going on sale until 1 o'clock. Damn, sorry, so now we have to wait till 1 o'clock. Metallica posted it on their website at noon and fuck yeah the cat's out of the bag start i posted something in the forums it yeah. got deleted and then it got deleted off the website wow and then it didn't get announced until one o'clock and all that stuff went back up uh through the door was like the merch room when you go buy your t-shirt oh nice those shirts are badass by the way yeah dude the shirts were uh really super cool somebody asked oh is there a limit no, no limit. Just don't buy them all and sell them on the street. Yeah, I love how they have to clip them all date on it, though. Oh, dude, that was super cool. The back like of the shirts was so, really cool. So cool. Yeah, I agree. Like the metal up your metro. Yeah, that was perfect. But just the date on the back from the clip them all footage, I'm like, that's couldn't have done that any better. So we ended up being the first five or so people in the door. That paid off. Dude, it was insane. Uh, we walked in there. Right I walked to in the, the door. Rail. Yeah, I had no idea that you had to go upstairs. I lost him after the security check. Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, dude, where do I go? The guy's like, upstairs. Upstairs for a show? And then I saw the stage already, and I'm like, oh, my God, this place is tiny. You're like right to the front. Yep, right in front yep. of James's mic. Yep, nice work. So knowing the footage, Jace, from, from Cliff Amal, did the place seem bigger than the Cliff Amal or smaller than Cliff Amal? Um... Dude, it seemed pretty much the same. Okay. I mean, dude, th this place was tiny. I, uh, I've been to many just small metal shows, metal small shows in general that, you know, where you can like almost kneel on the stage or just your stomach is right up against the stage. And that's how this was, dude. Like the bar the barricade between us and the stage was like one person. Like one person wide. If I turn to the side, that's you got like one person in there. And She's I can reach out and like, yeah, I can reach out and touch that stage, man. Right. Um, that is awesome, you, dude. It's crazy because like the gear and everything, like there was like no like really room on the side or anything. They just had like little makeshift like stations for each guy. I could tell like Ty some pictures like Chad and Justin were like on the stage. Yep, they were on the stage. Jimmy s sat there and uh, hid behind uh, the cabinets. Sure. Yeah, dude, it was just so small. Like, so cool. I can't even really describe it more than just, it was super small, so comfy feeling, and cool. just very intimate. There's some pictures where it shows the balcony, and it looks like they maybe took it with, like, a wide lens. It's like, they tried to make it look bigger than what it was. Yeah, dude, at one point, I, uh, I had to go to the bathroom right before the show started, and I think it was, like, 20 steps from the front row to the freaking back by the soundboard. <laughs> I was like, wow. Like somebody's family room. Yeah, they're like, oh, you're back ready? I'm like, dude, it's like 20 steps. A little different than a stadium setup. 
Dude, the setup was so different and so amazing, though. Like, you know, I went to the Fillmore shows. I went to the Fox Theater show. This stage-wise and the size... Way oh, smaller. Blew, yep, blew them all away. You literally could see everything they were doing on stage. Like, not that you can at, like, an arena show, but oh, this right. is so different. Like, so you're watching the puddles of the sweat drip off of James's guitar. Right. Like, That's close, Bell, dude. Yeah, we're like, dude, do you see that? Like, that is close. Sweat just dripping, yep. Sweat dropping off the Ken Lawrence and onto the floor. Oh, yeah, for sure. Was um, there any uh, intro or anything that happened, or was it just a dark stage and then Ecstasy of Gold started? Uh, They were just playing. Uh, they played ACDC. It wasn't a long way to the top. Okay. They played some other stuff, just normal metal stuff. Like you were here, like a normal local band pl- show. But no one, like, no one like Stefan or anyone came up and said anything? Nope. It was all of a sudden, the lights dimmed, ecstasy of gold. Boom. And they literally took like four steps and the band was on stage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Not a yeah. long walk. Yep. It, it was pretty interesting. I'm sure you've seen those like new Hatfield camouflage pics. I have. Looks it's like we, uh, I saw, well, it's crazy. Because I took a picture of the mic stand before the show started, and they were all the normal white fangs, and there were no camo picks, and I could see James right before he came out looking through like a little Tupperware container on like one of the like little workbenches. Yep, yep. And he was he pulled picks out of there a few times, and I was like, huh. So I wonder if they're prototypes. Never on the mic stand though. He eventually did. Okay. Um, Val ended up getting one of his used ones from that. So right into Whiplash, which is what they opened with in Frisco. I think that's badass. Yep. Dude, Whiplash is probably, I don't know, it's probably my favorite Metallica song. Like, if I always had to pick one song to put on, I usually put Whiplash on. Like, I don't know, I just love it. I just love how there was no count off. It just went into the drum, the tom part. Yeah, dude. That's fucking cool. Let's let's whip it up right now. Here we go. And, you know, the tempo was... uh, so much slower than what we're used to. I've noticed that it's like they've brought everything down a little, uh, a little one and a half gears or so. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I, uh, at first I was like, "No, is this Whiplash?" Like it took me a minute. I was like, "Oh shit, it is." All right, but then, dude, once they got into it, it was like, "All right, off we go." You know, Jeff and I realized on the uh, on the Super Bowl show when they played Battery. That battery mm-hmm. was really pulled back during that when they were recording and recording at that warehouse. Their Interesting. Warehouse. I never. Uh, I'll have to go back and like listen to that show. Yeah, it's like we've noticed since since you know they've gotten back into the swing of things. Didn't really notice it at the at the the winery, but that Super Bowl show, and then right when I heard Whiplash, I'm like, they've pulled things back a bit. Like there's actually a click track going on, and they've shifted down a little bit. I uh, yeah, I've heard that they are using a click track now, and. You know, if it makes them tighter, I guess it's cool, right? Well, let's go through the set list. Whiplash into Ride. Yeah, Whiplash into Ride. Freaking awesome, man. Nice one-two punch. Um, crowd, you know, the crowd was super loud, singing along to everything. The band, you could tell that they were just super excited to be there, having a lot of fun, just like... You could see James just mouthing a few times, just kind of like, just like a wow. Like, fuck yeah, we're back, you know? Right. Knocking the rust off and it feels good kind of show. Yep, and then uh, I had heard rumors that they did it during sound check, which I missed. But yeah, next on them, you know, went, they went into Harvester. Mm-hmm. You know, dude, that was pretty awesome. 
uh, came to a um, cutoff, probably a little banter into cyanide. Oh, yeah, yeah, cyanide, yeah. Cyanide was another, like, welcome one. You know, like, it's not one of my favorite songs, personally. Right. But then as soon as it starts, you're like, all right, fuck yeah, let's go. You know, yeah, and, yeah. Like, I, like, Val was super excited because I know she likes that song a lot. And it's kind of like a rare song now. It is. You know, like, they don't really play it, so. I remember, I think the last time they played it was when I saw them kick off the tour in Madison, and then it kind of went away for a while. Yeah. More than a while, for years. Yeah, dude, I forgot that they did it at Madison, but you're right. And, yeah, we thought that, okay, they're going to throw more of this in there, and they never did. Then uh, after Sinai, then it was, uh, oh, yeah, it was, uh, dude, never. Yeah, because James is like, you want a fast one? I'm like, all right, cool. What is this going to be? Hell they yeah. went through, uh, through the never. Another super cool one. I was super excited for that. Tempo pulled back on all those, Jace, or did it kind of speed up then? Uh, that seemed to speed up. One was super cool. You could uh, do, like, just be... We were so close. You could just, like, hear, like, every pick of the strings, you know? Um, every, <laughs> every cymbal hit, like... You're hearing, like, every cymbal hit or every drum hit versus, like, the microphone stadium yeah. sound of it you're you know the actual crash is not the the mic diversion yep. through the pa yep and that, that was just like super cool i remember just like looking down a valley like, to this fucking amazing yep like hearing it how it really is you know then it got really heavy after that because he gave us or they gave us sad but true yep <laughs> and then, pretty, uh, pretty heavy in a small room you know what it was i uh that's the one song like I could deal without Sad But True at every show. I'd rather hear Sandman, I think, than Sad But True. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sad But True, I don't know. It just never really connected with me. But then it's like every time I say that, but then they play it live, and I'm still singing along and pumping my fist and rocking out. So, you know. Right. We all are. Then uh, Moth. I think they played that in San Francisco. Yeah. Moth was cool. It was a... Uh, like, I wasn't really expecting anything off of Hardwire for some reason. I guess when I think of these shows, I think about, like, all the smaller shows pre-Hardwired. Mm-hmm. And then all the Hardwired songs were thrown in so early on the arena tour, kind mm-hmm. of. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that album. <laughs> and there was not 48 drones flying around the Metro. Yeah, there <laughs> definitely was not. <laughs> hey, while, uh, we're, while yeah. we're on all these details, how fucking hot was it getting in that room? Oh my god, dude! It was so hot. I because uh, I saw Lars's video at the end, and he was talking about you know Japan and some temperatures in Orlando, but he says it sounded like a sweat fest. Dude, there were yeah, dude. It was literally like I was dripping sweat the entire time. From right when you walked in, like they didn't have the air on all day. Uh, no, they had the air on, um, and we could feel it like a little bit before the band went on. Okay, but then as soon as the band came out on that stage, man. Just the energy. Oof. Yeah, the energy and dude, my shirt after the show was soaking wet. My hair, you know, I got long hair. Dude, my hair, like I swear, it felt like I took a shower. Ring it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Although <laughs> we did take a shower at one point. Uh, somebody threw a cup, and I know it was water, so that was a little bit refreshing, like third song in. You're like, throw some more. <laughs> yeah, well, somebody did later, and that was a beer. That was fun. Fuck. Yeah. Well, then, like, later on at the end of the show, somebody threw a full beer, and that was right right before uh, Seek. Oh, boy. I think it was right before Seek, and a whole beer just landed on stage, just missed Kirk. Oof. 
Yeah, fucking suck, dude. It was like, really, dude? You almost nailed him. Right, that would have gone over well. Yeah, you figure the half the I bet you half the rail was female, which you know, super cool. But dude, props to them all for surviving that because there's some pretty gross dudes there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Bob O'Rourke was there. It doesn't get any grosser than that. Dude, Bob is super cool. Uh, I was next to Bob on the rail. I saw um, that in the pictures, man. I'm like, that's Jason and Bob right there. You know what's funny? Because I knew who Bob was on the forums for all these years. We always comment on each other's posts and all that stuff, see him around. But I've never met him in person. Oh, no shit? So, yeah, I okay. actually met him in person that day. Cool. And then, yeah, we ended up on the rail together and everything. Cool. <laughs> yeah, when I got the news, I mean, I went to, like, Brian Silver and Bob being Chicago guys. Mm-hmm. And Bob's like, dude, I got to work tomorrow. You have to be totally shitting with me. I'm like, I'm just passing on what I know. Unfortunately, I can't go, so take it or leave it. This is what's going down. He's like, you're fucking serious. And I'm like, I, I'm i 99% sure this is going down, and you need to know about it. And he's like, dude, you're fucking killing me. I'm taking work off to go to Louisville, and I might not be able to swing this. I was like, dude, this is your hometown. <laughs> if you miss this, do you realize <laughs> you're going to live with that dude. forever? <laughs> Dude, I, I would I would skip the whole lottery than life two shows oh, oh, just I believe to go it. to this one at the metro. <laughs> I mean, this is probably gonna be the best. Like, I have tickets. I'm going to like all those other shows. Metallica is doing this year. Right, right. And the metro is probably gonna be the best one. Gonna be the most memorable of for a for a long time, Jason. Oh yeah. Well, back to the set list. You got then you got Sanitarium Bell's whiskey. That's a surprise. Dude, whiskey was a total surprise for me. Um, if I remember back to your episode, Jason, that's one of your go-tos. It is. Uh, it's, it's a fun song. Like, so I was, I was super happy with it. Uh, drinking song, totally caught me off guard. Though. Yep, some drinking music, maestro. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you got a Coors Light poured over you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was Coors in the jar. Yep. I, uh, I didn't really think that they would play a cover song like that. In a small club like this, it seemed kind of out of character for my thoughts. Great. Uh, but, dude, super awesome. Uh, crowd crowd was singing along the entire time. All the, like, little <laughs> guitar parts and humming those and singing those. And James looking out, just kind of, like, smiling, like, you know, with the, you know, like, approval. Super awesome. Did he sing the part where he goes, we love to hear Chicago roaring? I think he said Metro. Okay, cool, cool. I think we'd like to hear the Metro roaring. Cool. I love that live yeah. part because he usually changes it up between cities yep. or venues or something else that's silly. Yeah, I think I think to myself I said Chicago, and then he said Metro. Okay, cool. Maybe opening them with Bread Fan, but I would have never guessed Whiskey, you know, three-quarters down the list in a club. Right, right. Whiskey's one of those songs. All right, you save that for the big festivals to get people drinking and going crazy and yeah, like if they play it this stuff. weekend, I could totally understand that, but not not at yep. the metro. Exactly. Like, holy shit! I got to be honest, I was kind of hoping from a fan, you know, watching from the internet that they'd open with "Hit the Lights." I think that's like the safe bet or the safe guess. Yeah, that's what, totally off guard um, again. I'm like, that would have been so fitting. Not to recreate yeah, Cliff them all, but man, talk about going back to an era and you know something that they can open with a ton is hit the lights. Right. Well, I think to me that's what made Whiplash that much more special. Yeah, if Whiplash happens at Louisville, I'll be surprised. I'm not expecting that at all. I'll expect it in the middle of the set, but not as an opener. 
How about on the fade and uh, puppets? Was puppets just l- regular version or kind of that extended jam like they were doing, you know, a couple of years ago in the arenas? You know, honestly, I don't fully know. I was kind of like so just in the moment, just singing along. I don't even gotcha. Remember the? I think it was just the regular full, normal full version. That's what I'm guessing for the the size. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. Dude, bells is awesome. Did they treat the last three songs, Jason, like a encore, like? We're gonna come off, or you know, sit around for a bit, or is it right into hardwired? Um, they they left the stage a little bit after puppets. Oh, okay. And then uh, lights went dark, and you could see the band over there. James, I think, went through like two towels wiping off because sure. he was so sweaty. Sure. Lars just started like there was no tape intro or anything. It was just like Lars just started the drums, and I'm like, it took me a minute. I wasn't not expecting hardwired. Oh, you started on the snare. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and it was funny because, like, like I said, like you're not hearing the, you know, the big PA sound what of we're it. Used to hearing. Right. So you're hearing actual just the drum hits, and it sounded a little bit different to my ear. And I'm like, oh, sh- oh shit, hardwired. Wow. And yeah, yeah, busted cool. right into it. Yeah, it was a very cool, uh, cool song to hear at the end of the set. Yeah, since we've heard it as an opener for the last four years. Yeah, five which, years. you know, dude, I think that's how it's going to be now because, you know, that whole Hardwire tour is over. So now it's just another album that just they're going to pick tune, and choose man. a couple songs. Yep, it's just another tune. Very cool. And then Fuel then, Seek. Uh, dude, F- Fuel is cool. Um, Fuel's another song that. Fuel is a great festival song, a great, huge crowd song. Mm hmm. I never really pictured it like in, as being like in a small club type, but dude, it was awesome. Well, especially when all the diehards uh, know all the cues and all the haze. Yeah, and dude, and that's what it was the whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. the, literally the whole show, you could tell it was all so many diehards, and everybody's just pumping along, yeah. singing along. Everyone knows every cue. Yep. So cool. Yeah, and then you know, of course, with Seek, you know, James is like, "One more, who wants?" You know. One more, and I didn't even realize it's the end of the set already. Like I said, I hadn't even paid attention to the. the so then, all, yeah, I was, yeah, they started seek, and I was like, "Fuck, here we go!" And that was cool because, like, in my mind, it was like thinking back to like, the kill 'em all days of them in that club. I was just gonna ask that. Was, was there just, anything that James said that referenced back in the day there, or no? Um, I th- think uh, Kirk did it. His thank yous at the end. Okay, Lars did. James, oh, fuck, what the hell? I don't know if James did or not. I don't remember if he did. Okay. Being there, like, you're so caught up in the moment, but then kind of caught up in, like, the wow factor, and, like, you're, like, watching all this, like, little stuff happen on the stage that you normally don't during a normal live show. Right. So, yeah, my mind was, like, a little scattered at some point, so it was just, like, just so immersed by so much going on. How many times did uh, Cliff kind of enter your brain, like, just picture this in an 83 setting right here dude uh a bunch of times actually especially like bells yeah uh, that's what i think like, of too you know those type of songs and it's just like yeah even though he yeah i don't know man it was just crazy i don't know uh watching rob like dude you reach out and touch him and i'm like yeah what if that was cliff or even james in 83 like i'm watching james is like right. playing like the v and you're like man he was up here in, like, 83 doing the same thing. With a like, white V. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, 
I told Bob O'Rourke and a few other people, I'm like, dude, I never, A, I never expected to get rail for this show, even though I wanted to. But had I known, dude, I would have brought a Kill Em All copy. <laughs> it would have been cool to throw it up. Either hold it up at some point or throw it up on stage. We've got a new record right. out on Megaforce Records. <laughs> right. But it's funny because I, I did tell Val, I was like, you know what? James wouldn't have remembered that anyways. No. Like, I, don't I, think I guarantee he rem- he'd be like, what happened? Lars whatever, and Lars did, I think, because he referenced it in a video like the next morning. Yeah, I or watched that, night. that. He did reference the record, but James would kind of be like, yep. oh, that happened? Oh, cool, whatever. Yep, exactly. Or Kirk yeah, holding dude, the that... guitar above the crowd, and then they take it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I kind of half expected, though, them to do something stupid like that just for the shits and giggles. Yep. Like, they clearly acknowledged the 83 show with the T-shirt and all the other stuff, so... Yep. Yeah, that would have been classic. Bringing a you know, a cheap vinyl version of Kill 'Em All. Yeah, all in all, dude. What an amazing that, experience, dude! It was so surreal. Like you know, we were uh, waiting to get into the show, watching them change the marquee from whatever it said. I got I filmed them like a video of them changing it to make it say Metallica tonight. Cool. That was cool, and everybody's getting all excited. Cool. And then after the show, we walked out, and the marquee was all lit up with lights and just legit as hell. Watch, yeah, watch them unload everything. Uh, when you walk into the venue, the concert room is actually up like a small flight of stairs, and the road crew had to like build ramps I to saw push that in the all pictures. the gear upstairs. I saw the pictures. It looked like the load in, load out was just hell for them. Yeah. So is that on the second level of the building when you look at that building from the street? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, fir- the first, the first level, there's like a little storefront which is the, where they had all the merch. Okay. So you hung around for a bit and watched a little bit of the loadout. Did you catch any of the guys, or you just bolted? Chilled for a little bit, and then all of a sudden everybody just kind of dispersed. So me and Val like went to the bar with a few other people. Three, four a.m. We ended up going back to our hotel. We're like, Whew, all right, we're done. <laughs> What a day, especially then, uh, when you're in line at 7 a.m. Well, right. It's a long day, man, and then, uh, on your feet. Yeah, I mean, luckily we did leave in between, go get something to eat and all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a long-ass day. And then, you know, like, you're fighting on that rail. We were sitting there at one point after the show, and Val's like, man, my elbows hurt. Rail. Yeah, you don't realize like, it at oh. the time, though. Yep. Dude, that's amazing. You know, it seems like every Metallica day, whatever a show day is, you, you think it's going to be somewhat normal and it ends up you know at the end of the day you feel like you've been on your feet for 65 hours dude yeah every day's a grind no matter what happens because usually there's an after party afterwards and you get back to the room it's like holy shit was that a long one yeah usually for me it's like you know like the four five o'clock time of the day and you're like dude my feet hurt i'm tired (laughs) and then as soon as the show starts you forget all about that yep and then when it ends you're so amped up like i was so amped up afterwards Woke up the next morning and went to, where did we go? Indianapolis. Yeah, I went to Indianapolis, and then uh, we drove here to uh, Louisville today from there. Right on. 
So you're in position yeah. for the big weekend. You're going tomorrow? Probably just going to do the Metallica days. It's going to be a fun weekend, man. I'm showing up noon on uh, Friday. See you and Val probably mid-afternoon there. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, anything you'd like to add to the Mighty Metro show for us other than 99 degrees and 100% kick-ass? Yeah, dude, I uh, my voice is still recovering, and that's a sign <laughs> of a good show. Uh, yeah, dude, it was just amazing. I uh, Best 20 bucks you ever spent, Jason. Dude, it definitely was the best 20 bucks I ever spent. I said that to Val after the show you that spent night. You spent 1000 having a beer. That's exactly what I told her. I was like, dude, Metallica gets so much shit from these haters. Right. Dude, this show, they could have charged us $300 easily and said it was all going to charity. And you would have been like, okay. But, yep, exactly. And think of the expense yep. they put down to have that whole crew there and pull that off for the day. Dude, especially when the, they flew the crew out here to right. Louisville the next day. How much for shirts? Uh, 40 bucks, okay. 45 bucks. So they made 60 off of everyone. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Oh, and then Val's like, dude, I got posters, but you're not going to like it. There's a fucking cat. What? It's like this, yeah, it's like this giant, scary looking, just a cat. And I'm like, the fuck? That was the poster for tonight? A cat? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's like, um, it's like a cat that somebody photoshopped the face or something. Boy, that's odd. Made it like yelling. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Yeah. No idea. Weird. But, you know, it's like, being as I was there, I had to have one. I think the word started spreading inside, like, dude, this poster sucks. <laughs> so we're like, what the fuck is this? Well, cool, man. Thanks for sharing the story, Jace. Cool, man. If you're still listening, you know, thanks, because, yeah, I could talk all day about that shit. Oh, we could, <laughs> you, and I, you and I could talk for 12 weeks without notes. Right, right. <laughs> Just want to give everyone to recap. I will see you Friday in good old Louisville, Kentucky. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see you there, and I uh, can't wait, you know, rock off with another Metallica oh, show. Oh, it's gonna be it's fun. It's been way too long. All right, well, hello to Val, and uh, I'll see you soon, buddy. Cool, man. Enjoy your weekend. All right, we'll see you soon. All right, bye. See you, Jason.